So you've often heard me say that with so many religions in the world and just amongst Christianity, something like 40,000 denominations, what makes us different? I always point to the sacraments. The sacraments are only found in our Catholic Church because the rites, R-I-T-E-S, that have been developed to confer that grace upon us. Well, the famous question, oh, where's that in the Bible? Okay, so let's look at this. The seven sacraments are all in the Bible. Let's start with confession. Where's confession in the Bible? Very clear. Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Notice Jesus isn't talking to himself. Is he talking to the first priests? Whose sins you forgive are forgiven. Whose sins you retain are retained. This is Matthew 16, 19, Matthew 18, 18, John 20, 23. Now, what's interesting is we know also, too, in just a passage a couple days ago, that when Jesus cured the leper, leprosy was considered something that took life out of the soul. It's mortal sin. It was a comparison to mortal sin that Jesus cured him, but then said, go show the priest so he can declare you clean. And so what happens at the confessional? You go in and the priest says, I absolve you. Now remember, the grace doesn't come from the priest. It comes from God. But when you have the ultimate authority, which Jesus did, you have the authority to delegate it. And he did to the priest. So we see confession in the Bible. What about anointing? Anointing of the sick. This is in the book of James, where James says, when you are sick or you have sin, call on the presbyter. What's a presbyter? A priest. And that person will be purified, cleansed, healed. And so we see anointing in the Bible. What about the priesthood? Well, Jesus anointed, or should say, ordained the first priests in the upper room, right? But how do we know that for sure? Well, very strongly. Do you know what the anointing, I keep saying anointing, sorry, the ordin, ordination ceremony was to the Jews? Washing of the feet. That's how the new priest was ordained in the Aaronic priesthood of the Old Testament. So Jesus was connecting the old with the new, and he washed the feet. People don't make that connection. That was Jesus ordaining the first priests. He washed their feet. And so we see the priesthood at the Last Supper in this. And then he says, do this in memory of me, so that they will continue his priesthood. So we see the priesthood. What about marriage? Where's marriage in the Bible? Christ attending the marriage at Cana, blessing that marriage. That's what sacramental is, the sacrament of marriage. What about the Eucharist? The Eucharist is in the Bible, not only at the Last Supper, but the entire gospel of John, I mean the chapter of John 6, unless you eat my body and drink my blood, you have no life in you. What about confirmation? Confirmation is in the Bible. This is when the Holy Spirit descended upon them at Pentecost. Now, here's where I make this connection. 
to this reading today. What are we hearing in this reading? The baptism of John the Baptist, Jesus being baptized, and the Holy Spirit will come down. That's what happened at Pentecost. Confirmation is a sealing of the Holy Spirit from given to you when? At your baptism. And so baptism is a key. Baptism is the key. Baptism is the beginning of all these other sacraments. So where do we find baptism in the Bible? Jesus was baptized by John in the Jordan. We also hear, we always hear about the Ten Commandments. But what's the great commandment? The great command, I should say. You all know your Ten Commandments, right? But do you know the great command? The great command given to us is to go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. So now, why do I bring all this up? Because how are we filled with grace? We are filled with grace in the sacraments. You know, and, and why do we need to be filled with grace? Because when we sin, we cut off ourselves from grace. So the sacraments of confession and anointing bring back that grace as the sin is forgiven. But confession and anointing don't happen without baptism. Baptism is the original cleansing. It is the cleansing of original sin. So this is why John says, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sins of the world. So if Christ came to earth to take away something, it must be pretty bad, huh? Yeah, sin, sin. Why is sin so wrong? We seem to enjoy it. We seem to not think about it. We are many times aren't even sorry after we do it. But why is sin so wrong? Sin is so wrong because it separates ourselves from God. You've always heard me say my own definition of sin is taking our eyes off the creator, both in the divine mercy image and the Eucharist, taking your eyes off the creator and putting it onto the creature or the created thing. The creature is coveting someone else. The created thing is materialism, consumerism. Those are the whole heart of sin. And so when we take our eye off the creator and put it onto the creature or the created thing, we have sinned and sin separates us from God. Today, most of the world does not think it's even in sin. All right. You know, I, I always hear that classic example. Well, I'm a good person. I haven't killed anybody. And you always hear me say, I always use the words of Mitch Pacwa, who said, well, yeah, you're a good person if you're only comparing yourself to Hitler. But what about all those little things we do during a day? Gossip, um, anger, impatience, gluttony, greed, pride, uh, sloth. What about all those times? Lust. What about those others? That's not killing anybody, even though gossip is kind of killing somebody's reputation. And so worse is what is now being called good is purely not. Um, 
It was funny because I was just talking with somebody I just met recently, a good young man. I, I, I think he's a fine young man. And I said, I asked him, I said, um, you know, how, how are things going? You, you, you had mentioned your girlfriend and hopefully maybe if God brought them together, they see a future together. He says, oh, I'm super excited. We're, we're going to be moving in together. And that's such a good thing because then I can see what it's really like to live with her. I'm like, oh boy, <laughs> here comes the unfun part of being a priest. But yet we have to defend the truth. We have to do it with love. We have to do it with love. And because the world tells us, be, when I was in North Carolina, um, I had uh, moved down there and I was dating a nice young lady and, and one of my relationships uh, prior to my engagement and she ended our relationship because I didn't know why then, I did not know why. I'm not promoting anything here that I was Mr. Holy, I still am not. And I didn't know why, but I could not move in. And, and she got angry, like, why aren't we living together? It'll save money. It'll be easier commuting to work. It'll see if we can live together. And, and I couldn't do it. And I couldn't understand at the time. And then it wasn't, but a few years later, it all became clear to me. And when I started discerning my vocation, that was God's grace that was protecting me. Even though I didn't even know it at the time, I couldn't move in. And, and it was almost like that would put the stamp on officially living in sin. And that term scared me. Living in sin. How many or how much of the world today is scared by that term? Living in sin. We're not. We don't realize it. And I'm, I'm not blaming the young people necessarily because maybe us older generations have failed in instilling that. And so today it's, it's, it's more scary is that what is sinful is being called good. Pius Twelfth. He even said the biggest sin is the loss of the sense of sin. It's not a sin. I have been to confessions. When I started coming back to the faith back again in North Carolina, I remember going to the priest and him saying, oh, that's not a sin. I remember saying, Father, I got the catechism here. <laughs> this is a sin. And he's like, no, that's not a sin. And so we have to realize that this loss of the sense of sin is very serious. And what is sin? Sin is any word, deed, or even desire. You've heard it said that you commit adultery, but I, amen, amen, I tell you that even he who lusts in his mind has committed adultery. So sin is the word, deed, or desire contrary to the eternal law. Why is it so bad? Because it's the opposite of charity. What is a charity? Charity is not offending another hurtfully. And what do we do when we sin? Well, I didn't bother anybody, Father. Just reading this thing on the internet or looking at this picture didn't bother anybody. Well, you offended God first and the dignity of that human person that we objectified. And so it <clears throat> removes grace the grace of God from our soul. And Jesus says, I'm going to have Brother John 
read paragraph 1181. So if you can remember that, Brother John, 1181 in the diary of St. Faustina. Jesus says, the only way I leave a soul is if it is in mortal sin. And this is why it's so serious. Jesus actually had to die on the cross to pay our penalty with the penalty for sin, as you know, is death. Now, sin can be further explained as love of oneself, even to the contempt of God. I remember speaking with very close friend of mine, a good priest. And I, I, I can't, uh, uh, what do you call it, commend him enough for his honesty. He says, I love God so much. I love him so much. And any, most of us Catholics think that's enough. But his next sentence really woke me up. It really changed me. One sentence from a further, uh, uh, I mean, uh, a fraternal brother, a Marian priest. This is why our brothers, it's so, when you're with us Marians, you're part of our Marian family, and you can see the wisdom God has brought us together. But this Marian priest said to me, I love God so much. The problem is, I love myself more. And I, I thought about that. I went, whoa, first of all, God bless your acknowledgement. How many of us would say that? I love God so much, but the problem is I love myself more. And that's why to be a disciple, we deny ourselves, pick up our cross and follow him. That's why we do penance to break our attachments. That's why we come to mass because we need the mercy of God. That's why we go to confession because we need that forgiveness. So sin is opposed to the obedience of Jesus who did deny himself, pick up his cross, and follow the Father. All right? And it, it achieves our salvation. You know, Paul tells us in the letter to the Galatians that what contrasts the work of the flesh is contrasted to the fruits of the Spirit. And he warns us that the works of the flesh are sinful. And what are these sins? He said they are plain. The sins are fornication, impurity, licentiousness, idolatry, sorcery, jealousy, anger, selfishness, envy, drunkenness, carousing, and the like. I warn you, as I warned you before, that those who do such things shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Now, it seems that that little passage is forgotten by a lot of our tele-evangelists. Tele it seems that that little passage is forgotten. One of the world's, the one who owns the world's largest church was on Larry King. And Larry King asked him, you know, it's been brought up that you've never mentioned sin ever in your ministry. He says, I think it would make people sad. Whoa. Sin is a reality that we have to turn from. And he says he never mentions it. This is the gospel of prosperity, the danger, and millions of Catholics are falling for it. It doesn't mean we beat you over the head. What it means is we tell you the words of John the Baptist, repent. The words of John the Baptist, behold the Lamb of God who takes away the sin of the world. Well, that must mean it's pretty bad if, if Jesus had to come and take it away. If Jesus said, ah, don't worry about it, it's not that bad, he wouldn't have taken it away. So this is important. And it's bad not just because it's not just personal. 
Sin we don't hear enough of from the pulpit. We, 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 we don't know the detrimental effect because we think it's just personal. As long as I didn't harm myself, I didn't harm anybody else. No, sin is communal. Whenever we sin, my sin, your sin, we, we create a poison and we put into the uni- God's harmony of his universe. And, and, and here's the point, everybody. When, when you sin or I sin, it's like a virus. We put a virus into God's beautiful harmony. And, and confession is like the penicillin. Baptism, the Jesus being baptized here. He sent me to baptize with water. And, 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 and so we're talking about baptism here. Baptism is like the penicillin. Confession is like the penicillin. It will cleanse you from that, 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 that bacteria, that virus of sin. That's the true virus. That's why Jesus came down and he, he purified us of the true virus. He still allows sickness. We're still going to get sick. But he gives us the way to eliminate sin. And if we mess up, we, we go to confession. Make sure you're baptized and go to confession. And so when we sin, we put this virus into the universe. And when we go to confession and we repent, it's like penicillin. That's why the universe, you want to see if it's getting better or worse, just look at society. If, if there's more sin, we're going to have more virus in the universe. If there's more repentance and, and grace, we're going to have more penicillin in the universe. And so to finish, all evils in the world, God does not create evil. All the evils in the world are the effect of sin. Because why? God is separated from the action. When your action is sinful, God is separated from it. Why? Because it's a privation of God. If you push God out of your actions, if you choose to sin, you're pushing God out of your actions. That's a privation. And who is God? Goodness itself. That's why the definition of evil is a privation of the good. Evil is not a real existing thing. Evil is not created by God. Evil is not a real thing. That would mean God created it. And God's nature is goodness. He can't create evil. That's contradiction. And so what is evil? We know that it exists, but it does not exist as a real thing. It exists as a lack of something, a lack of God or goodness itself. Evil is a privation of the good. What is goodness itself? God. So when we sin and we push God out of our soul, our family, our friends, we have pushed God away. What's resulting is the lack of good. God is goodness itself. If we get rid of God, what's left is a privation of the good. That is the definition of evil. And that's what the universe is in right now. And the the remedy is given to us right here. Baptism and confession. Repent, as John the Baptist said. Now, God, as we said, he's the reason why the God, we have these things. You've all heard me say many times that story where I saw that T-shirt that says Sandy Hook, um, Columbine. Those are the school shootings. I said, God, how can you let this happen in our schools? And the, underneath the shirt said, God answered, quote, I'm not allowed in your schools. 
That's a privation of the good. So mortal sin severs our relationship with God. We turn our back on him. He never turns his back on us. And as soon as we go to baptism or confession, we are turning back to God. That's why the sacrament is called the sacrament of reconciliation. And so remember, never forget that Jesus said the only way your soul is lost is to die in a state of unrepentant mortal sin. But what makes a sin mortal? How do I separate what Paul says, some sin is deadly and some sin is not, okay? That deadly sin, that, that mortal sin, has to have three conditions, remember? One, it must be grave matter. How do I know, Father, something's grave matter? Look at the Ten Commandments. Look at the seven deadly sins, okay? And so, one, it has to be grave, serious matter. Two, you have to have knowledge that it is. Like people don't realize missing mass on Sunday. I was asking the confessional, have you made every mass since your last confession? Oh, well, no, Father, I missed a couple. Well, th th that is grave matter. Oh, I didn't know that, Father. Well, now you do. <laughs> so people are like, gee, thanks, Father. Remember, ignorance is not an answer. So we have to have knowledge and fully, or lastly, full consent. We have to truly want what we choose. And so sometimes we're not... If there's an addiction or something, we may not be fully in mortal sin because we can't control our addiction. It controls us. We don't want it. You know, I don't want to take that cocaine. I don't want to drink that, 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 that bottle of whiskey. I don't want to do those things. But I'm addicted. Or I don't want to look at those things on the Internet. But never forget, while that is true, you may have addiction, which mitigates full culpability of a mortal sin, you are responsible for how you got into that in the first place. So just be careful. So to choose deliberately, both knowing it and willingly, okay, something contrary to the divine law is to commit mortal sin. And that's why we need the sacraments. It destroys charity, even brings death. Now, what about the sin that's not deadly, like venial sin? You don't have to confess all those why? Because they're forgiven in the mass. And so I've always said this. This, this is awesome. That if you really want to receive our Lord, you're supposed to be in the state of no sin. Well, Father, that's not possible. Yes, it is. I can tell you right now how to receive in a state of zero sin. Father, that's impossible. We are all sinners. You can receive today in a state of zero sin. No venial, no mortal. <clears throat> Well, how is that possible, Father? First, you go to confession for your mortal sins. And secondly, all your venial sins, even those that you committed in the parking lot because you were upset you couldn't find a parking place, are forgiven in the Mass, in the penitential rite. So when you come up for communion, you are completely spotless. The mortal sins were washed away in confession, and the venial sins were wiped away in the penitential rite of Mass. And I always laugh, unless you committed sin on your way from the pew to the, to the altar. And in that case, do a quick act of contrition. Okay, so God bless. So this is, this is the thing. Venial sin does not cut God completely off. Mortal sin does. So do these things. Now, lastly, Eucharist and confession are for sins after baptism. Baptism washes away original sin. And then if we sin after that, which we all do, we need, we need confession and communion. This is why the rays of divine mercy... The blood and the water. What is the water? The pale ray. That is the cleansing waters of baptism and confession. And what is the red ray? The precious blood, communion.
And so, you know, when we are born, we have original sin. Get rid of that as soon as possible. Get it away. Get your children baptized. And later when we sin and we're not in a state of grace, confession restores it. And then you're fed with the food for the journey through the Eucharist. You know, saying I'm not a bad person is not enough. God chose and gave us the way to be forgiven. And so confession, as we said, is in John 20, 23. In his very first resurrection appearance, Jesus gave this power to the apostles. Receive the Holy Spirit. Notice that connects to this reading. John just says, whoever I see, the Holy Spirit, this is the one who wipes away the sins of the world. And I was told, John the Baptist said, that the Holy Spirit will come down and rest upon him. Now Jesus does what? In the upper room on John 20, 23, he says, receive the Holy Spirit. He's given the apostles the same gift he got from the Father, the Holy Spirit. So John says, here's the guy who wipes away the sins, and God the Father sent the Holy Spirit upon him. The Protestants and the non-Catholics stop there. What they forget is Jesus turned right around in his first appearance after the resurrection, and he turned around and he said, Receive the Holy Spirit. So he's given that same Holy Spirit he received to the first priest. And what does he say next? If you forgive the sins of any, they are forgiven. And if you retain the sins of any, they are retained. This is Jesus making the priest another Christ. John the Baptist acknowledged Christ was the man who could forgive sins and the Holy Spirit was sent upon him. Now in the upper room, Jesus acknowledges the priest, sends the Holy Spirit upon him and tells him they can forgive sins. This is incredible. But how can you be forgiven of those sins if you never confess them? Because Jesus says, whose sins you forgive? Well, he can't forgive you if you don't confess them. Jesus had the ultimate authority to forgive sin, and now we just see he had the authority to delegate it. Sorry for the long homily, but we don't hear enough about sin. And especially when we do talk about sin, we got to give you the remedy. If I just talked about sin and says you're all condemned and walked away from this pulpit, that's an injustice. What I do say is acknowledge the reality of sin, but take the penicillin to cure it. God bless you. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign-up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you. Please follow or subscribe to this podcast to receive the latest episodes and updates. If you have been blessed by this podcast, I invite you to leave a review. Reviews greatly improve our podcast ranking and will help spread this podcast to other people throughout the world. Are you enjoying this podcast? I invite you to listen to more shows brought to you by the Marian Fathers of the Immaculate Conception. Join us daily for enriching spiritual content, which will help you on your journey with Jesus Christ. Simply visit divinemercyplus.org for a complete list of our shows. That's divinemercyplus.org. Are you a Marian helper? Join our Spiritual Benefit Society and start sharing in the graces of all the daily masses, 
prayers, and good works of Marian priests and brothers all over the world. Sign up is free and easy. Simply visit micprayers.org. That's micprayers.org. Thank you, and God bless you.